Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Okay, so first of all, uh, thank you so much for having me, uh, and it's exciting. I'm from Beit Shemesh. I was born and raised in Jerusalem, but I, after I got married, I lived in Beit Shemesh right next to Daniel that's with us, so we're actually neighbors. Um, so I'm happy to be here, and it's, it's exciting to, to see so many to see how wide this family of essay fellowship is, you know, people all around the world and that I can connect to and uh, um, relate much more than what I can relate to my own siblings, more than which I, I can relate to people that live around me or from my own community, which amazes me every time. Um, Nancy, I got the privilege to meet her when she came uh, to Jerusalem a while ago Um so uh, Luke, I see he's not here yet, but um, so me and Luke, we go we go a few good years before we, we know each other well. So I want to speak about the self-destruction, destruction of my addiction and self-healing is my recovery. Because like a lot of us, when I came to this, A, 13 years ago, actually, it, it took me two years to get sober. For two years, I would keep going on to meetings. Hi, my name is AJ. I had a week. Hi, my name is AJ. AJ I had four hours, you know, and my head was telling me, you know, this is not going anywhere. Forget it. You know, you're, you're just making a fool out of yourself. But there was another voice that said, keep coming because there's not too many other places you have to go. And, and the ones I, I was going to, I, I didn't want to go. So I kept coming and I kept listening to what worked for other people. And thank God after two years, I got sober. I really, I was honest enough to put a finger on, on what I'm supposed to let go because it's sexaholic. I'm, I'm, I'm unbelievable of, of shooting everywhere, you know, but not touching the exact bottle. I, I reach out my hand every time I want to act out. And when I did that, I'm sober since then. Thank God. And uh, it's a journey since then. Um, every day I work my steps. You know, I don't leave my house before I work my steps. Literally for me, it's like, wearing my pants you know there's no way i'm gonna come to work and you know my boss is gonna say hey where's your pants well listen you know i was really in a rush in a hurry you know this is i do not leave my house without wearing my pants so i do not leave my house with her before i do my step work make sure i don't have anxiety fears um character defects resentments um secrets which usually i take care uh, uh before i go to sleep uh but what i noticed was that after i got I got sober, like we read today in this solution. Uh, I also noticed that, you know, what I thought was my main problem in life was lust. You know, it's lust. It's lust. God, if you can just remove this lust from me, you know, I can just be a free, happy, joyful person. But the more and more I was getting free from lust, then all of a sudden this irritable, discontent, restlessness was just like choking me. Literally, basically, what I was running away from all these years. 
all these feelings I was not able to, to hold on to, all these fears I had no way of, of how to deal with them, uh, uh, compulsive thoughts on anything and everything. And, and when I started, you know, when I let go of my drug, these things started surfing up. So I did my inventory and I found, uh, I deal with Nicholas, if you guys know him. Um, this is, yeah, going back over 11, 11 years ago. It was actually at this time. I was sober though, maybe like a few months. And he came here to Israel and did the workshop. And I found out I have many, many uh, character defects. I mean, I found over 200 character defects I had. And uh, like the big book says, hundreds of sorts of fears uh, that they lead in my life. But what I noticed was with in recovery more and more that w- there was a source. And again, I'm speaking about my own experience. There was one big source to all this insanity. And that was self-destruction, which Rory Kay actually speaks about in the white book. He speaks about that dark side we have on us, in us that's just there to destroy us, you know, and me as a sexaholic, a big part of it was he, that my self-destruction came through sexualism of me, you know, running after the next man or woman that's going to make me whole, you know, sitting there hours on end, you know, acting out. But that was only a part of it. That self-destruction was in me and it would use everything, literally everything. My religion uses it, use it against me. Anything I had, it would try to flip it against me. And what I noticed was that even in recovery, all of a sudden, I, I've, I was able to take tools that are there to help me. They're there that help accept myself more, love myself more, but use the same tools of recovery against me. So I found myself hitting myself over the head. Oh, you're not sober enough. You know, this is not called sober. You know, you're not working the steps enough. And like, this is not once in a while. This is like daily all the time, you know, picking up this hammer and banging myself over the head in the name of recovery, you know. And with years, I noticed I noticed a lot of friends, fellows, very dear friends in the program uh, that many of them that it, it's hard. Either they're 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 sober, but they're they're far from having a happy, joyful life, or that they're even, you know, it's hard for them even to get sober. Which is, which is when, when I speak to them about, you know, accepting myself, loving myself for who I am, you know, uh, they're convinced that that's against program. You know, how could I love myself? I'm not working the steps enough. You know, I was just speaking to a sponsor yesterday uh, and he was like going on and on, you know, about him not working the steps enough. He is working the steps every day, but it's not enough and it's not enough and it's not enough. And I, and I asked him, is it, is it getting you anywhere? says actually it's not you know it's causing me even to have more anxiety and be more frustrated and then i come home and i'm I'm angry at my wife and then i'm angry about me being angry at my at my wife because that's definitely not recovery so then i'm angry at my kids as well this this circle this goes on and on because i have this part of self-destruction in me now this is this is a part in me that i like roy k describes i pleaded to god that he would remove it like he removes a a growth but God did not want to do that. You know, God could have created me in a different lifetime uh, to different parents and a other side of the world, you know, you name it. But he, he created me exactly in an image that he wanted me to be. And he wanted me to, to learn how to deal not only with my sex, sex side, but the holism, 
you know, it's the sex holism, you know, so I have the sex thing that, that I, I'm, that's an allergy I have uh, since a very, very young age. But besides that, I have this holism and my holism is my self-destruction. So I could sit there and, um, and re- all of a sudden remember a talk I heard from a friend from SA that came here to Israel and, and said something. And, uh, and, and I understood by what he said that I'm not, you know, I'm not in recovery enough or, or, you know, maybe I'm not doing my, my fourth step good enough. You know, whatever it was, I was using tools. Again, they're there to help me, uh, uh, love myself, help me have my, um, um, healing, my self healing in me, but I was using the same tools against me. And when I started putting really a strong finger on that in recovery, because I did not come to recovery only, you know, stop acting out or doing what I was, what I was doing. I came to have that sanity, that inner peace I was looking for, because that's what really I was looking for, looking for. It was not about, you know, my hormones, which I thought for many years, I have more hormones than other people. I had this big hole in my soul that was looking for something to fill it up. And most of the time I would look for it through sex. A lot of time I would look for it also through lust or trying to get, you know, maybe a woman, if she would love me enough or tell me I'm worth it, you know, that would make, that would be good if I would make enough money, you know, if all these other things, you know, if I can get enough approval from people that I'm, I'm smart enough, funny enough, good enough, you know, that would satisfy me, which of course it never did because everything besides God out there is so limited. You know, my wife, you know, she's limited to what she can give me. You know, she's a human being. She has her own issues, her own fears. And me just trying like the, one of the best lines I heard was, uh, I needed a, a higher power when I was, when I was disappointed from my greater power, which is so true because even, you know, the, the most sober person there's out there, you know, uh, including my sponsor or my my rabbi, you name it, you know, they're limited. You know, sometimes they're tired, sometimes they're grumpy. Um, and if if I don't cling to God himself, I can very fast get frustrated by, by you know, old timers, by my sponsor, by my friends around me. Um, I have a family member that lost his sobriety in A after 14 years. And I asked him one time, I said, how could a person after 14 years, I mean, that's not a year, that's not five, that's 14 years. And this was a guy that was very involved in the fellowship, you know, was going around the world, you know, speaking, had tons of sponsees. And he told me that he was frustrated with, a, with, a, with a, you know, an old timer he once met and he slept by, he, he, was, he stayed by him for a weekend. And he was very, uh, you know, disappointed by the way the guy was acting. You know, he was, I guess, you know, expecting, uh, having expectations that he would have, you know, he would be more spiritual. And that, in the end of the day, leaded him to go and, and, and act out and drink again. And for me, that was a big alarm. Um, you know, that I cannot, I cannot focus, first of all, that I need, I need God to fill me up. And I need God to fill me up. In, in my self-destruction, which is much beyond, you know, did I act out today or did I not? You know, it's about me wake up, waking up in the morning and loving myself. This pure is that loving myself and accepting myself 
because I'm not perfect, because I still have character defects, which was a big, which was a big uh, trigger in recovery. Because the more and more I got sober in recovery, the more and more I had expectations that I would be, uh, I would not get angry. Um, I would, uh, like the 12th step says, you know, uh, um, practice these principles and all my, and all my fears. And when I saw that it's not copy paste, you know, I thought it would be very simple. Well, you know, if it worked out in sex, you know, this, this do copy paste, copy paste that money, copy paste on time management, copy paste on, you know, um, each one of my character defects. And I had a lot, like I said, I mean, you, you name it, um, um, comparisons, envy, um, anger, um, uh, uh, criti- critical, like so many character defects that on each one of them, it, it was a journey and it's still a journey. You know, I just, I just, uh, um, my English, I, I usually I speak Hebrew, uh, seven, a little bit over seven months ago, I joined Gracious, which is a food, uh, 12 step program. Now, Gracious is a, for, for, again, I'm not here to preach about, definitely not, this is my own experience, but this was a program I heard about from my own sponsor in SA literally over 11 years ago. And and first of all, I didn't even try it. I said, you know what, forget it. In this life, lifetime, no way, it's not going to happen. And uh, But I tried other things like OA or whatever it was because I had self-destruction definitely when it came to, to food. You know, I would like, for me, it was not overeating. I would just like starve myself because I was too lazy, literally too lazy to make myself a freaking scramble get egg, excuse my French. And um, so I would like starve myself until it reached a point that I would just like stuff my my face with anything that was around me. And that was during I was in recovery. And, I would, and that's like an example for something that when it would happen, it would be very hard for me to accept myself and not hate myself for it and not beat myself over the head for it. And uh, it took me 11 years, 11 years, a little bit less, um, until like over seven months ago, I joined Gracious and I'm sober there. Um, but but I think what really helped me and helps me is, first of all, learning. If my disease is about self-destruction, so my cure has to be about, you know, me loving myself me accepting myself and i know it's it's like a slogan you know we hear in the first meeting we come in well acceptance is the solution to all my problems and yeah i heard that but but it's so true it's so true because it's not only about being sober i can be sober and i can still be depressed i can be angry i can be grumpy i can sit there and and sit there and and self-pity you know and again i this program is so much more than that this program is is the the to give me joy and freedom, freedom from my own self-destruction. For many years, I thought my problem was out there. You know, it's those those women or those men, you know, out there that are dressed the way they're dressed or acting the way they're acting. You know, my, my sponsor said, age, it's not about them. It's something in you. You know, that self-destruction is not out there. It's in me. And it's something I have to know how to deal with it. And the way I have to deal with it, I can't rip it out. I have to learn how to ignore it. Uh, which was the biggest problem for me that made me act out. You know, we speak about, you know, uh, with every time we discovered, you know, we read it today in a solution, which the big discovery and the big, the big uh, secret of this program is we discovered that sex is optional. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that when I have 
an urge or a desire to act out, I can actually choose not to. And the reason I didn't think I could was because the feeling I had, if I will, like we also read it, is that I'm going to fall from the cliff, off the cliff into the oblivion. And I truly believe that feeling. I truly believe that feeling, not only when it came to sex, when it came to anything, any urge I had, if I wanted to buy something, my feeling was that if I let go of myself, myself, uh, 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 self-willingness, um, you know, I, I'm going to die. I need it. You know, so I was obsessed when it came to sex. I was obsessed when it came to my emotions, when it came to my fears, when it came to my resentments. I was like obsessed about everything uh, because that's what my self-destruction is about. It's about being obsessed about things that never make me any good. And, um, and, and this is like, this is something, you know, I, I can't press a button and say, well, you know, this course of 12 step was to unbelievable journey. Nice to meet you guys. You know, I gonna frame a nice, uh, you know, um, a degree of, of, of me make working 12 steps and hanging in my office. You know, this is a gym for life, you know, and when I work out, I'm fit. And when I stop working out, I'm not fit, you know? And so that's every day, you know, it's like having a filter and like an aquarium, a fish uh, aquarium, aquarium fish, which I need every day to recycle. Because like I said, my self-destruction is there. It's not going anywhere. So it's waiting. It's waiting and it's still, it keeps whispering. You know, my sponsor said, you, you cannot turn off the radio of your self-destruction. You know, you can't turn it off, but you could learn how to start ignoring it. So instead of believing every uh, feeling I have or every fear I have, I just learn how to how to ignore it. You know, because my self-destruction is going to make up stories day and night. Like, wake up in the morning, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be with my job, what's going to be with my boss, what's going to be with this. With, you know, he's there, you know, they get me started. And to get me discontent, irritable, and restless. Uh, uh, like, you know, my self-destruction wakes up before I do, right? And it, go to, and it goes to sleep after I go to sleep. And the only way I found that I can deal with it is learning how to ignore. Learning how not to get sucked into the drama it's, tr- it's trying to create around me. And loving myself. Loving myself. Again, loving myself is not about... Um, yeah, uh, about what's the word? You know, saying what I did was was right. Not at all. If I if I did something wrong, in the end of the day, I do my inventory and I see where I was wrong. But I want to learn from it. When I make my when I make my inventory, I want this inventory to cause me to go forward, to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better son, brother, friend, sponsor. You know, if I made a uh, if I made a mistake and I was, you know, lashing at my sponsee. Because he told me he acted out. And then after I closed the phone, I was like, AJ, for God's sake. He didn't act out to make you angry. He didn't act out because he wanted to. He acted out because he's perilous. Why are you getting angry at him? And all of a sudden I look at it and I see I'm afraid. I'm afraid that maybe if my sponsee acts out, that says that means I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough sponsor. You know, I'm afraid that if he acts out and others guy acts out, you know, essay is gonna vanish. You know, I have all these insane fears that only when I'm able to accept him you know and love myself and say yeah you know that's okay you're unbelievable you're, you're unbelievable person and you have this insane 
part of you that's part of you. And, and if I can only learn day after day to accept myself, to love myself for each one of, 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 of the things I have and that challenge me, uh, that's what keeps me that that's what keeps me on this path because there's there's always things that rise up i mean in recovery my parents got divorced um my mother you know she she uh she was in a she was hospitalized in a you know um closed in, institution um you know things that i definitely cannot view what's going to be um and the program gives me tools to deal with them the program gives me tools how to not not allow things from the outside. Thank you. How to not allow things from the outside to, to cause me uh, to have more self-destruction. I want to grow from each mistake I make. I want to grow from each challenge God gives me. And this is something I can only do while I'm, I'm focusing on a positive. You know, the big book and the, and the, the doctor the solution, uh, the acceptance solution to, to all my problems, that chapter in a big book, the alcoholic doctor, he says, when I focus on what's positive, the positive grows. And when I focus on what's, what's um, negative, the negative grows. And that's so true, you know, and, and, and I see sometimes, you know, I know by me it happened uh, in the past, but you see like friends, they use the, the steps instead of, Instead of taking the steps to throw them f- forward, you know, they go on and on banging themselves over the head how much they're not good and how much they're self-centered and how much they're fearful and how much they're lusting and how much they don't have enough serenity. And, and you know, the steps are there to help me love myself more, to help me grow more, to help me go forward, not backwards, God forbid. Thank you for listening. Right. Thank you very much. This is far as I'd lost Attic. AJ, thank you very much for your share. I identified so much and I have, a, I will share briefly and then I ask a question. I too had the same thing that I, I, I thought that I have now learned the tools and then I tried to be very spiritual on a self-will basis, right? So I have to now use to de- use these tools and, and to be as spiritual as I can. And I would just use these tools basically to judge myself, right? And that was the idea of me basically applying self-will to remove my defects of character, which never worked. So I would appreciate if you could just uh, very briefly share how you went on on working your step six and seven after that initial round of fighting the defects and praying for them. Thank you. Right. Uh, great question. Uh, so I noticed if, if there's any way I can keep working this program just for today, as part of my life, I need to be at fun. If it's not fun, I won't do it. You know, uh, I won't go to the gym if it's not fun. Maybe I can do it for a month or two, but it won't go on for many for for long. So I had to find a pat a, uh, a pattern that's going to be fun for me and easy as well. Because a lot of times you hear these guys, well, you know, I don't have two hours a day to work my steps. You don't need two hours a day to work your steps to be fit. You know, it, it's for me, it's enough. Fifteen minutes in the morning. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like more, but but sometimes 15 minutes is enough to sit down and do my meditation, write down my fears, my resentments, what God would want me to do today about my fears. And it's that simple. 15 minutes can like change my whole life. So I like doing it in the morning. Uh, at night, 
I'm like, I don't know, I'm exhausted. I don't have, usually I don't have any resentments, any feelings. I'm just exhausted. I, I go to sleep. But when I wake up in the morning, usually I wake up today, thank God it's, it's so much better. But in the first five, six, seven years in my recovery, I wake up overwhelmed. And that I would like take a good shower, make myself a good breakfast, big cup of coffee and do my writing. And that actually, and that actually, uh, I created that, um, um, associate, association i guess is that the word uh which when i have my cup of coffee i think about the steps so it's like basically yeah turn it into part of my life you know i want it to be fun i want it to be fun and i want it to be cool and and smooth and good not something that looks like oh my god fun you know before my sponsor gives me over the head you know let me let me sign you know check it and yeah i did my four step in case my my sponsor asks asks me about it you know i wanted to be fun and so that's the that's the way i i found how i can do it uh on a daily basis we have also a, a meeting uh we open that's called the steppers so every month by the month like today we're in an 11th month so we we're, we work uh on the step every morning um together so that helps as well Brilliant, thank you. Thanks, AJ. Thanks, Fasad. Hey, this this is Daniel from Barcelona, sexaholic. Daniel, thank you for your service, Francis and AJ, for a wonderful share. And uh, the one thing that uh, struck me pretty hard is when you mentioned filling a hole inside of us, and I totally identify with that. That it's, yeah, maybe lust and sex obsession all that other stuff is more of a symptom Whoop, cats in the way um symptom of um of something that's missing that i'm just i'm just trying to fill up and then the other observation that kind of scared me is your story about your your friend who relapsed and i remember somebody saying that you know we're all on this same road some of us are just a few hours or a few days or uh, some of us are decades down this road, but the thing is, on each side of the road, the ditch is the same distance from us all, and uh, that's a pretty sobering, you know, any of us, no matter how far down the road we are, can fall into that ditch, and that scares me a little bit. Um, anyway, I just thought I'd share a little bit about that. I don't know if you want to comment, but well, thank you very much. Yeah, first of all, thank you. Uh, I do want to comment one word about it because uh, I disagree. I disagree. I don't think uh, uh, that we're, we're the same, uh, that my English, uh, that the distance between um, all of us until a pit is the same. Uh, again, I'm not speaking about, I'm speaking about um, a few good moments, I would say I have than what I had years ago, never mind in my first year. Uh, I think that's recovery creates more time for me if I'm in shape. So it creates more distance of time I can think before I do a tragical thing. That's number one, uh, because the big book says, you know, we feel God, we feel shield. You know, I can walk today literally in, in the street and there's, you know, all these, you know, beautiful women out there and I feel free. And this is, I did not have that in the first few years, but it didn't come, it, it did come later. And again, this is not something to take for granted. Like I said before, if I stop working out, you know, if I'd stop doing my practice work on a daily basis to stay connected to God, I can fly out of it. But if I keep maintaining that, um, I, that fear doesn't go with me and I don't have that fear 
and last thing uh, have to do with the, the subject I was talking about was if I do have a fear, it's not about me waking up in the morning and I can have a lust attack and I can, I can go act out. I'm much more afraid for my anxiety, my, my uh, negative emotions. They're, they're able to take over. Those scare me much more than having a lust attack. Uh, and that's why I spoke about that whole subject of, of uh, self-destruction. Yeah. Thanks, AJ. I appreciate that. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, AJ. Anybody else want to come in and raise the virtual hand? Claudia, go ahead. Just say hand up. Hi. Thank you so much for the service and for your talk at HE. I really appreciate what you shared and I completely relate to you. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm also sober since 2009 and I'm having the same topics <laughs> with the self-destruction. And my sponsor is telling me again and again and again, you are good enough and it's good enough what you are doing. It's the best you can do. <laughs> and I really need to hear it again and again. And it helps. It really starts to, to get better, to get aware of what I'm doing there when I start to think. And when I start to think, I I could it's it's over. <laughs> I it's like what really helps right now is she also told me treat it like lust. It comes and then surrender it and let it go. And because I want to to ask you what do, do you mean with ignoring it? It's I don't know how how are you doing this? <laughs> Yeah. First of all, yeah. First of all, I, I mean that's definitely a, a you know the same God that gave me a sober day. I guess is the same that God just for today that gave me that that relief, that sanity. You know, restored me to sanity because sanity is understanding that my feelings are not facts. You know, my my sponsor, my first sponsor in essay, uh, literally 13 years ago, uh, told me that we we're like sitting in a coffee shop. It was like winter at this time of the year. And, and I said, well, you know, but I feel, but I feel, but he said, he looked at me, he said, AJ, feelings are not facts. He said, could you say that again? I said, and he said, feelings are not facts. And it sounded me like Chinese and trust me, Chinese is not a strong language. I know, but he wrote it down on a big, uh, uh, like a folder, whatever. I have it till today in these huge letters, you know, feelings are not facts. And literally I was sitting on the whole night trying to figure out what it says, but I feel but it's not a fact. Like it, it, may, it didn't make any sense. But, um, uh, you know, I believe, you know, praying on it, you know, this praying to God, God, let me just acknowledge that what my thoughts and my, my, and my feelings are not facts. These are like clouds, you know, they come and go, they come and go. And, and that's the sanity we're asking God, you know, there's no button we can definitely not, I can press on. I can only ask God to restore me to sanity and help me understand you know, that my feelings are just feelings and my thoughts are just thoughts. You know, the whole, I love that the, 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 that saying that Roy K has, we gave over our power to others because that's not only towards my lust objects I had, that's towards each and one of my feelings and thoughts. I would give it 
all my power over to this thought. It's just a thought. And there I was like, oh my God, I'm thinking, you know. And and so restoring my, restoring, you know, God restoring me to Sandy is understanding a thought is just a thought. A feeling is just a feeling. And and you probably know it because you can sit there. I mean, I would sit there on a couch, you know, and feel like this anxiety and forget it. You know, it's just then the world. And all of a sudden I get a, a phone call from a good friend. He's like, oh, would you like to go out? And all of a sudden I like literally 180 degrees in five minutes changes, which this shows me in a millionth time how my feelings and my, and my thoughts are not reality. Mm-hmm. Thank you. David, you had your hand up. Uh, yes, uh, thanks, AJ, for your chair. Uh, I was wondering, because um, I'm not very good with... Um, having a daily routine around doing step work uh i would i guess i was told to do it you know when you're disturbed they do a you know step 10 uh inventory i was wondering how you would uh structure your day with your 15 minute uh step work uh, in the morning and you know what does your day look like in terms of those kind of things. Thanks. Right. Um, right. Uh, so it's funny you mentioned that, you know, because I, I, I learned uh, after two years in, rec- in, in, in the program, not getting sober, that I cannot wait till I have a resentment and then, and then try start looking for the tools in a program that works. You know, it, it definitely hammered me time after time when it came to lust, you know. I don't have lust, so I don't need to go to meetings. I don't need to speak to my sponsor because I don't have lust. You know, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm working. You know, there's enough things. And all of a sudden, when lust hits me, if if I'm not in shape till lust hits me, so when lust hits me, I'm I'm completely out of it. Like that's that's uh, um, I cannot wait uh, until a resentment comes and then start asking myself, okay, what tool should I should I use now? Because I'm already drunk out of my mind from resentments or fears or whatever it is. So when I wake up, wake up in the morning, I don't, I don't wait for the drama to come. And then I start sitting down and making an inventory. I wake up in the morning and I do a list of gratitudes. I have, you know, grateful for, for God on weather, on my health, on my wife, on my, you name it. And there's, and I actually, I have a, a list built in in which I, I keep uh, adding things uh, so I, I open it with gratitude and then I open it with feelings. And as I write what my fear is, you know, and, and if if my head tells me this is a small fear or a small resentment and there's no reason to write, write about it, that's when I, I sh- that's the most fear and resentment I should write about it. You know, the most quote unquote childish thoughts and fears I have, those are the ones, the first ones I want to put on a piece of paper. So I don't wait for a drama to come. I Every morning I wake up and I just, I take my, Today, I usually, I usually do it on the computer and I write down what I feel, you know, what are the fears I have today and um, and what God will want me to do. So, um, you know, and I share it with a friend or two in the morning and then I go and during the day, you know, the more uh, I have time to reply to friends from the program that call or if there's anything during the day that bothers me, you know, I don't let it hold in me. Um you know, I just I surrender it. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Claire, your hands up. Yes, thank you. I'm Claire, created in the image of God, grateful to be recovering sexaholic. 
Um, thank you so much, AJ. I haven't heard you speak in a long time. Um, good to see you. Good to hear you. Um, I was thinking about what you shared in answer to a question uh, a couple of questions ago about you were saying how you're not so afraid that lust is going to get you these days, but that your emotions are going to get you. And um, I really relate to that. And and more than that, I want to say that if I don't, if I'm starting to feel some kind of unrest, whatever it is, and I don't deal with it right away, then I really believe, thank God I don't know, I haven't had the experience, but I absolutely believe that that is going to lead me to acting out. And, and that's, that's like my, my red flag. Ah, I'm feeling resentful or I'm feeling annoyed or I'm whatever it is. Then I need to deal with that in order to keep my sobriety. It's all very, very related. My, my sponsor says, you know, the addiction machine, it's like, um, I don't know if they make it anymore. Mazda used to have a rotary engine. So it, it got its, its, um, its energy from, from the spark plugs all around and wherever it, it, the spark plug went, so it made the whole engine work. And my sponsor says that that's how it is with addiction. Wherever you feed your addiction, wherever you let it, let it in, it's going to feed the whole addiction, whatever Time. it is. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. Okay. Um, Nancy. Yeah, hi. I'm Nancy. I'm a sexaholic. I am so grateful um, to be a sexaholic. I'm really grateful for this share. I felt like I was scribbling madly. Um, The Steppers meeting, is that on Zoom that you mentioned in the morning? It is, but it's in Hebrew. I'm hopefully hoping Ah. that one in English. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you. you mentioned, um, oh, in terms of ignoring it, what's the difference between ignoring it and shoving it down? Um, like almost like, uh, well, yeah, shoving it down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say shoving it down is making believe it's not there. Uh, usually when I, when I ignore, when I shove it down, I, I usually, I don't share about it. I don't pray about it. You know, I just like, oh, it's not there. Uh, instead of when I ignore it, uh, I, it's not that I ignore that it, it's there. I, I, I don't give it the presence it's asking for. So I do share about it, you know. So I don't go to sleep if I have a, a thought that's bothering me uh, or emotion that's bothering me. I definitely write about it. I pray about it and I share about it. So it's by, I ignore it. In, in a meaning that I'm not, I'm not willing to give it the power it's asking for. Oh, that's great. Um, I was so blessed to be able to be in Israel. I, I hope COVID's over. Or I'll come back as soon as I can. Um, the other thing that hit me, you were talking about um, leaving your home, not fully dressed. I thought, what about what if I leave without my glasses on and things aren't as clear you know, I don't see less temptations for far off. Um, I'm not so quick at the feelings thing. And that this kind of resonated with me. Um, I don't need to think about, well, for me, in terms of the way I acted out, I don't need to think about going outside. Um, yeah, this this one with my glasses helped. Thanks. 
Thanks, Nancy. Uh, Luke? Hi, guys. Hi, AJ. Thank you for your share. Um, I, I'm in the street, so that's why, I, why I'm not on the camera, uh, except for now, and I hope that no car is passing now. I just have one question while, I'm, while I was listening to your wonderful share, and when I saw you on the camera, I was thinking, obviously, you're a religious guy. Yeah, and there are religious guys in every religion, but you are obviously a religious guy in your religion. Now, my question is, in the last 11 years, through recovery and through sobriety and recovery, do you see, as your, what's the, what's the relationship between, uh, today, between your religion and your spirituality? How do you look, has anything changed in the way you look at your religion, you look at religions in general, you look at spirituality, other people in general, etc. Thank you, and great mm. to see you. Well, you too, Luke. Oh, I love Luke. Luke is a, is a close brother. Um, yeah, I mean, it changed 180 degrees, which I just want to say, you know, each one of us, we have our own experience. You know, I'm speaking about people of us that we came from a, a background of this religion or another, and, and what... My journey is, is my journey, and I, I have to know that particularly toward, towards my sponsees and towards other friends, you know, so maybe they ask me. And, I, you know, so each one of us, we have our own uh, journey and speed, I would say. You know, some of us come into the program, they're so traumatized that they're, they're not even willing to hear about religion for the next decade. Um, so by me, it was not like that, but I understood I have to, I have to undo all these uh, um Nicholas, uh, which was my sponsor, and he said, you have, you have to undo all these cables that basically were in the wrong place because I was having, I was having shutdowns all the time. So something there obviously was not working. Uh, but I did it very gently. You know, I didn't come and yank all these, these uh, uh, cables out. I did it very, very gently. Um, and, and there was a period of time, a few years, you know, that I, I would go, maybe I would less go to synagogue, um, you know, less open religious books because I was at a part I needed healing, you know, and I needed that, I don't know if to call it isolation, but I needed that space, definitely. But uh, as the 11-step speak, uh, uh, talks about in a 12 and 12, it says, if we work the steps well, we, we will go back to our truly beliefs. Uh, um, and connect to them. And it's funny you mentioned that, Luke, because like I said, we have that meeting, that WhatsApp meeting, and we meet in a Zoom, now in a Zoom once a week. Uh, but every day there, we, we speak like a different, about a different topic on the 11th step. And, um, and, uh, and today, today, today I was sharing with the friends that I woke up in the morning and I wanted, and, uh, you know, one voice is telling me, you know, go do your religious prayers in a synagogue. And the other voice was telling me, oh, no, you know what? You have other things you, you, you want to do. And these two voices in me. And, and what I could say that it took me time in recovery that, that I needed to approach all my, my religion from a different place. Like I said, it, it was not working the way I was approaching it till then. And I needed to come from a loving place. I needed to come from a place that I, not that I'm afraid from God because that, that's a God I had, you know, I was afraid he's going to punish me. So I was just like, Oh God, please, please, please. I promise. I promise. I want this. Don't kill me. You know? And, uh, and actually when, when I stopped acting out, he's so 
what would be my motivation to do my religious practice because I was afraid that God will punish me when I stopped acting out. So even that went out the window because, you know, I didn't have that guilt and shame I was carrying with me. So I needed to develop this new uh, approach to my religion. And and it's, it happened and it's happening more and more. Um, yeah. Thanks, AJ. Okay, we've got time probably for one more question. My name is Ralph. I'm a grateful recovering sex addict. Go ahead, Ralph. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, I'm, um, here a couple of days ago, I listened to a, a speaker tape. Uh, Harvey Asher was talking about uh, delusional thinking. Uh, uh, and he lined it up with lust. Um, when that delusional thinking comes along, uh, how do you control it? Because sometimes it can get out of hand for me, and it uh, brings on obsessive uh, thoughts going through my head. Right. Um, well, I mean, that's, to be honest, that, that's the question. Uh, uh, you know, there's, there's, I guess there's a lot under it. So I have to be, I have to be careful, um, you know, as a social worker, which is part of what I do, um, you know, so there's, you know, thoughts can be a lot of things, you know, and there's sometimes we need, we sometimes, I don't know, I don't know your, your story, you know, this, this short question, but it, it, first of all, we cannot control anything. I mean, I can't definitely, I can't control my thoughts. I can see how I can deal with them. Uh, and sometimes I, 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 I need therapy for that. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, I, I need to take some, some, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Um, I what's the word? Uh, medicine. Sometimes it, it may be, I can need for that. And for that, you need like a specialist, you know, to see what it is. Cause you know, thoughts, obsession, uh, uh, obsession thoughts can be a lot of many things. So I have no idea, you know, but there's, there's a lot of ways that we can deal with them in a sanded way. But first of all, like I was talking about was, which is trying to remember to put them back in proportion. My problem as an addict in one word is I take things out of proportion. I took my lust objects out of proportion. I took my feelings out of proportion. I took my, my desires, my, 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 when I had a, a, a an urge, I took it out of proportion Every feeling, every resentment, everything was like I. This blew it into into this huge, huge monster, and and including my thoughts. And for me, for me, uh, re- being restored to sanity is trying to bring that thought into his into his natural, uh, um, sh- uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, how big it is, you know, um, size his natural size uh, and, and again you know maybe some of us we need more help without from outside it's like therapy or medicine like we said i said um so you should you should check you should check out you know what it is exactly those thoughts you have and what are the tools because there's definitely many many tools there in the program and also outside the program that we can deal with compulsive thinking I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve 
by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.